0: Welcome to episode 192 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the golden ticket time edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, computer genius, gentleman and a scholar, and somebody who attended the Xfinity race at Homestead this past weekend and met up with... uh Former uh, contributor, regular contributor to our show in, in the past, Joe Passero. His name is Josh Refine.
1: What's going on, brother? I'm doing great, Phil. And yeah, of course, uh was at Homestead on Saturday to see the Xfinity race, just to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. race uh, one more time here in 2023. And um, yeah, I was talking to Joe and he was like, Oh, you're not staying for Cup. And I was like, nah, I'm just here for Junior. So uh, yeah, I was just. Wanted to go down there, see Dale Jr. race, uh, and see him, you know, compete and run in the Xfinity series and the Bass Pro Shops number 88 car. So, uh, glad I got to see that. Of course, uh, saw the truck race as well, since it was a doubleheader, uh, and everything. So yeah, we'll get into that of course. And, you know, also the, um, other racing that went on this weekend here at Homestead and everything um and uh seeing all that happened uh you know between that and the u s Grand Prix here in uh Coda. so yeah, ready to get into it, yeah, I mean, it was a busy weekend
0: in regards to NASCAR with their triple header uh this weekend at homestead, uh trucks of course, setting their final four up the uh Formula One was at cota, had a sp- sprint weekend. And uh, a regular race. So that was uh, good. Uh, it was good if you're a fan of certain guy. Um, if you're a fan of certain other people, it may not be. Uh, finally, for Logan Sargent, we'll get into how he finally scored a point. He wasn't on the racetrack itself. Um, as uh, Brock Purdy throws a completion close to a first down there. They're down 10 nothing right now on the road in the second quarter uh, to Minnesota. Uh, right now. uh, So we got the football going on as well. We'll go over week seven in the NFL and also in our fantasy uh, leagues and our head-to-head matchup as well. Josh and I, first of two this season. The next one will be the final week of the regular season for fantasy. Uh, So we'll get in all that. Uh, We'll also talk about, I mean, all the three major NASCAR series, Formula One. Then we'll talk about. MotoGP and Moto2 was at Phillip Island dealing with some massive storms, uh, which affected their schedule, F1 Academy, and their season finale at COTA. Uh, news today uh, about Tony Stewart and one of his uh, entities that he owns, uh, him selling it. So we'll talk about that. WRC Central European rallies coming up this weekend. They'll be racing in three different countries. Um this coming weekend, so that'll be interesting. Surfer's Paradise hosts uh, V8 Supercars. Uh, Their season's getting close to the end here. The finale for the World Superbike Championship for 2023 will be at Jareth. We'll uh, preview the Nevada Nationals for the NHRA, the next-to-last race of the 2023 season for them. Formula E had preseason testing or is going to have preseason testing and uh they one of the pieces is return to india to hyderabad for next uh for season 10 and then the chris griffiths test in Indie next which saw the likes of jamie chadwick um uh, reappear she'll be continuing in Indie next and she did a great job on the sky broadcast along for formula one academy and also when she was on for the formula one itself and then yuvin sundar murthy uh who's gonna be racing full time next year uh for Able Motorsports, so that'll be cool. Have a brown guy out there uh racing and is actually competitive. So that'll actually be cool. We'll preview the Grand Prix of Mexico, which will probably see uh fish lips get booed out of the freaking place, and who knows probably will need extra security. Um but he's probably as long as he gets he's he's secure then he's probably gonna win and uh, who will be behind him and all that. We'll do our Cup and Xfinity preview and predictions for the race on the, this coming weekend and who we think will advance for the guys that haven't already automatically locked themselves in. There's already been two in both series, so uh, we'll see who are the other two that make it in. Uh, Josh will let us know all things going on in the world of iRacing and gaming in a sim segment, and uh, we will close the deal uh for the forever 400 named after uh Kevin Harvick it's a Kevin basically the Kevin Harvick 400 uh this past weekend uh presented by Mobile 1 Kevin Harvick was hoping to harken back to 10 uh 9 years ago when he won the championship and won the race there unfortunately didn't uh work out that way but he had a good run was up front there late Uh, to give himself a chance but in the end somebody who really wasn't a factor early in the race and it took a long time for them to become a factor uh, ended up uh, benefiting just like last year uh, at Martinsville when Christopher Bell went out there and he wasn't he wasn't in a he needed a Hail Mary kind of result and he pulled it out of his ass and he did it and in this case it was even more of a Pull it out of the ass because their car was nowhere for most of the day. Uh, Christopher Bell leads 26 laps and wins and locks himself into the championship four with Kyle Larson. Larson and Ryan Blaney were the two dominant figures in this race. Uh, there were other, you, know, you can, those are the two main guys. But then you have the likes of you know, Keselowski, Truex, and Hamlin, who we will get into a little bit later um william byron was up front for a good part of the day um tyler reddick started well uh but a uh, good starting spot but didn't end up coming through uh you know and it, it, this race was a kyle larson benefit he led the most laps won one stage and he was battling with ryan blaney who won the other stage and uh it was looking like it was going to come down to those two guys the l- late the last pit stop, or what was supposed to be the last pit stop scheduled, saw Ryan Blaney come in a little conservatively on a pit road. Kyle Larson was going at about 100 miles an hour and uh, blasted into the sand, uh, sand barriers and knocked himself out of the race, which, I mean, doesn't matter because he's already locked into uh, Phoenix, but gave away a victory opportunity for sure when he had one of, if not the best car in the whole entire racetrack so something to look at something to see with the you know he led 96 laps gets the playoff point it's not like he left empty-handed by any stretch of the imagination could have been a lot worse Uh, but for Christopher Bell for Kyle I mean Ryan Blaney is going to be left wondering he the late restarts kind of uh, didn't fall in his favor and then him and Denny Hamlin were having a battle and Hamlin, he basically called uh, Denny Hamlin a hack with how bad uh, his attempts at sliding uh, Blaney were, and uh, that probably held him back enough, plus the fact that his car took a while to get going. Uh, by the time he, he was in a position and his car started coming in, it was too little, too late. He made one run, I think, there, and recognize that he was better off just going and taking second but for blaney you know it's for a guy who's only won one race and one points race in the last couple of years or whatever it is uh, you can't be holding out hope or thinking maybe you're gonna get a win you need to be going out there with that intensity and it's probably a lost opportunity in a sense of that But for Christopher Bell, it didn't look like he was going to be in a position to do that at all. And he comes out and late, late adjustments by Adam Stevens, late, uh, uh, you know, just Christopher Bell getting on the wheel. And he's now locked into the final four, Josh. And it wasn't what the script was, I think, for most of the day. I think we were all assuming it was going to be. either Kyle Larson or Ryan Blaney as uh, Christian McCaffrey gets another, gets a touchdown to continue his streak. And uh, the Niners cut their lead, cut the lead down to 10 to seven or 10 to six, pending an extra point. Uh, But Christopher Bell goes out there, gets that victory on Sunday and clutches up. And comparisons to the guy they named the race for uh, are starting to come up when it comes to Christopher Bell being a closer uh, because of what he did here uh, yesterday.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with that, uh, with Chris Bell, um, yeah, nowhere to be found for most of the first two stages in the race. And then you know, all of a sudden with, um, the door of being open with Kyle Larson running into the pit barrier there, that kind of opened the door for anybody to win, potentially win this race. And then, um, you know, you had the, uh, issues with, uh, Ryan Blaney after that contact, uh, and, William Byron fighting him for the lead there. And that opened the door for um, Christopher Bell to go there and uh, take the lead uh, on the last set of cautions and um, the last set of uh, laps there in that race. And for, you know, for uh, Bell uh, goes in, you know, he was on the, I think he's still able to make it in, but now he locks his his way into the playoffs now. And uh, now there's only two spots left uh, to lock in. And so, uh, for, you know, for Bell, I and mean, I actually picked him, but, you know, for a good point of that race, yeah, like they were struggling, almost went a lap down, but they were able to keep it, keep at it throughout the entire race and they never gave up. And, um, you know, their strategy worked out and they were able to find themselves back in the top five. And then, you know, Ryan Blaney and William Bryan fighting for lead, he's able to go and pass them both and take advantage of that and then continue on. So uh, what a, what a massive opportunity now for Chris Bell now he's in the, the championship race with his uh, dirt rival and uh, Kyle Larson so they'll they'll both be eligible to compete for the championship now we'll see here in um, Martinsville who takes the final two spots here uh, which I think likely Byron has one of them so it's really just the last spot that's up for grabs here uh, in this uh, playoff but um, yeah what a what an interesting race we had I mean the first. Couple of laps uh, battle between Bubba Wallace on the outside and Martin Truex uh, on the bottom. Uh, good fight for the lead for you know, the first uh, ten laps or so of that race, uh, and then Truex, you know, he looked like he was strong early, but then kind of faded back, and then you know, eventually his engine failed. Then uh, the same caution with uh, Denny Hamlin crashing out. So um, yeah, for Truex, you know, this is a poor break for them. Uh, obviously, they've kind of been backdooring their way because of their playoff points that they've scored throughout the um, the regular season. But now they actually are, you know, they're not gonna be able to fall back on that uh, anymore at Martinsville. Now it's a must win for him here at Martinsville, basically. Uh, so now we'll see if they actually come out and take, take a win here. It's gonna be tough with Martinsville's hard to pass now these days and you basically gonna have to have a good pitch strategy and a really good race car to start out with and uh, a good start uh in qualifying so uh it's gonna be tough for him and of course uh denny hamlin uh also missed opportunity for him he led laps throughout the race as well had speed uh but then you know late in the race uh was trying to trying to get up there and um i think i think he lost sight of the fact of who he was racing against and uh Really raced uh, Ryan Blaney there really hard for second place and really started costing both of them ground there. So yeah, I agree with your the uh, take that Denny was a hack in that situation. I mean definitely a you know very uh, mental midget moment for him there. So um, just a yeah just a missed opportunity there for Denny and then um, I mean the wreck of there didn't have anything to do with what he was racing with Ryan Blaney but still. Um, you know, you saw Ronnie Blaney, in the if you know on the, I don't know if it was on the broadcast, but on the radio there, once that happened, and Denny went right into the wall for whatever reason with this car, and he's like, "Yeah, a few dickheads." So, um, of course, uh, didn't really appreciate the way that uh, Hamlin was raising him there. So, um, you know, we'll see what Denny has to say about that on his podcast if he even has it this week. Because I've uh, been checking all day to see if, uh, or last couple of hours to see if um, he had posted his podcast yet but I guess Danny's uh gonna shut up this week because it's uh Martinsville he's gotta gotta win to get in because he's been talking like he's gonna make the uh final four here so we'll see if it actually happens but yeah just a interesting race from that perspective and then of course Kyle Larson who was fighting Ryan Blaney and I think Ryan Blaney should have won this race really if it weren't for that moment with uh Larson running into the back of him there and uh coming to pit road I think that would have um you know, if that would have come out cleanly, I think um, Blaney probably wins this race, despite Larson probably having the dominant car of the day uh, and everything. So um, yeah, just, uh, I think that was really just, a, you know, another mistake that Larson's made. You know, we've seen him make these type of mistakes over the years where he just goes for it just a little too hard, pushes it too hard and um, ends up costing himself the race. So um, we'll see. I mean, luckily he's locked into uh, the final four now so you know Larson of course just kind of going for broke there but wonder if that affected Blaney because he did hit Blaney in the right rear quarter panel if that affected the arrow in any way so um, you have to you know look at that but I mean Blaney still recovered to the finish second in that race and then um, you know uh, Bell wins Redick still holds on to a shot but he's not really that good Martinsville and Byron of course uh, you know is virtually locked in as long as he doesn't have a complete disaster there. So um, good finishes for them. Of course, AJ Almondringer, the first place of the non-playoff contenders, uh, kind of a surprising effort there, but he also finished top 10 in this race last year. So uh good effort there for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this race definitely, uh, you know, very entertaining throughout the race. A lot, a lot of, you know, passing a lot of, uh, you know, the high line uh, continuing, you know, throughout the race, seeing them up against the wall and, I mean, it shows why this race should have been the final uh, race of the season rather than uh, Phoenix uh, and everything. I think this um, race has a lot more – as a racing, we'll get into, like, in a little bit with uh, how I was there at Xfinity, but um, my thoughts on that. But um, the racing itself, I think, is way superior than uh, Phoenix and way, no way that Phoenix should be the final race of the year for the championship. It should be Homestead or, um, you know, any other track that you know, actually requires – you to um, search and find different lines without a help of PJ one or the grip strip or anything like that. So um, yeah, it's definitely a good race and, you know, definitely one of the better races that we've seen this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it. Uh, I agree on the fact that Homestead should have the championship f- finale, but for whatever reason, the, the, the people in control uh, in Daytona think that it makes more sense to have um the race at Phoenix and Jordan Addison goes and gets a touchdown. That's lovely. So now they're up sixteen to seven. I think Greg Joseph missed the extra point, but the Niners are down going in a halftime uh, uh, here on Monday Night Football. So their their productivity has not exactly been great here the last week or so, week and a half in terms of their game game play. Yeah, they're down sixteen to seven with seven seconds to go. Yeah, it's been a bad week for me in picks too. A lot of bad losses going on, but um, yeah, I mean uh, Blaney should have won the damn race. I agree on that. Homestead should still have this finale. I, I just love that race. I don't know what it is. I just love that racetrack. It's everything that you want in a you know a, a intermediate oval. You know, for you want the ability to race multiple grooves. You want to have tire wear play role, You want to be able to actually have to race race each other and race the racetrack. Yeah, Mooney Ward just got s got fricking jacked by like it was Debo. Oh man, that is pathetic. But um but uh, just going through the results here, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, William Byron, AJ Allmendinger round out your are your top five. Great run as Josh mentioned there uh for AJ. We don't know if he's gonna be in Cup or he's gonna be in Xfinity next year. Uh, Daryl Walsh Jr., Keebler Gibbs, Pizza Face Joey Logano, Eric Almarillo and uh, in his home game, essentially. I don't, I don't know which one is considered the home game. You could tell me better, Josh, but um, whether it's Homestead or if it's uh, Daytona, and then Bald Spot Dylan, round out your top 10. Uh, a lot of cars went and took the wave around there later in the race there was way less cars than that there was like 10 cars on the lead lap when ryan blaney had uh, got that yellow when he was pitting and larson hit the hit the sand barrels and then i think a bunch of people took the wave around because there was that wreck right afterwards it was um yeah and that that would involved uh jj ailey and then uh john hunter brad keselowski and ross chastain brad keselowski had had a car earlier in the day that was really good but issues for him as the day went on made it uh tougher for him um martin truex ends up blowing an engine and uh his nightmare of a playoff continues and uh i don't know what he's gonna we're gonna talk about it later but it he was running decent i mean he scored some stage points led a few laps it wasn't like it was going to be a terrible scenario like it has been for a lot of this playoff but blowing an engine late uh puts him in a in a really bad spot Danny Hamlin uh, whatever you want to consider his race craft there late in the race uh that wasn't the full on reason why that accident happened it was a mechanical issue but you know Danny Hamlin your talk about, oh, you're this, I'm the guy, it's my year, whatever. You're definitely not looking like that when you're making some of the moves that he was making. Uh, it is a house of horrors for him in a sense. Even though he's won there three times, he's also choked away multiple opportunities at championships at Homestead, too. So uh, for Hamlin, it's going to be hard. He's going to be in the same kind of spot as Drew X heading into um, Martinsville this coming weekend. Uh, but when you look at the stage points, it was very clustered amongst a few drivers. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of uh, movement forward. I mean, Logano in the end moved forward from tailback, Almirola from 30th, and Almendinger. But you have a lot of these guys, they weren't able to get stage points. I guess there was some, yeah, Harvick from 22nd, Gumby, Priest. Chase Briscoe had a better car. He said it on his socials where they had a pit uh, road issue, and then they had one other, like the sequence of pit stops that didn't land right, and then they had a pit road issue uh, with caution and all that. So he ends up 17th, but probably had way more than that. Uh, when you see Almirola finish ninth and Harvick finished 11th, Priest, so the notion is he probably could have finished with his teammates up there. But unfortunately, um, 17th is what he leaves the racetrack with. But he's going to two racetracks, which he feels very good about, in Martinsville and Phoenix uh, here for the last two races of the season. I mean, I want to ask you, Josh, in regards to, I mean, we talked about, you brought up True uh, Hamlin, but for Martin Truex, it's... A situation where, and in for Chris Busher too, um, both of those guys had terrible days, or it ended up a terrible day for Truex. It wasn't initially a terrible day like most of these races have been. Uh, Busher was nowhere, while Brad Kozlowski was up front. By the end of the day, of course, Keselowski gets involved in that wreck and then isn't uh, anywhere to be seen, um, just l- running, logging laps. Uh, for those two guys, the playoff has not been fruitful. Uh, they came into the playoff with a lot of momentum, uh, Truex being the regular, I, he was a regular season champion, Busher winning races getting into the playoff, and now both of them are in a must-win scenario. Um, what were your thoughts on both of their performances before we move forward into the points?
1: I mean, Truex, um, the first half of their race, I mean, was up front led laps, um, and even before the engine failure was still in the top 10, uh, obviously you know, had a issue there with um, his pit stops and stuff, and you heard some of the frustration on the radio that he uh, was frustrated with um, how they're – pit stops were performing so it was looking to be like a you know typical true x race but um looking like they might have an okay finish but you know now with the engine failure that's pretty much probably the nail in the coffin for them unless they just come out uh with a good finish at at uh, martinsville and get a win there and uh chris busher i mean just nowhere to be found for whatever reason they just ended up a lap down pretty early uh, in that one and although they end up getting their lap back at the end and finishing on the lead lap you know they were lapped down for a good part of that race and uh kind of a contrast between uh keselowski and him because keselowski was up front like you said and uh ran ran up front for most of that race and then by the end yeah they uh didn't have uh the issues there with the because they were in the wreck uh towards the end so um yeah definitely those two guys must win situations and, you know, kind of hard to trust uh, with Chris Bush or hard to trust if he's able to even really contend at Martinsville. We've never in that, you know, the Roush cars, we've never really seen him contend uh, there really. And although, you know, he's won at Bristol, but it's a different type of short track there. And uh, Martin Truex, of course has won at Martinsville before. So it's definitely possible, but you know, Truex is a guy um, that I, he he could pull it out of the hat, but he's definitely got a, a tall order there for him to try to make it into the playoffs final four. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's gonna be difficult just based on what he's been doing the last eight weeks to to really believe that he's gonna go out there and somehow or another come through and get that, that victory that he needs to get himself across the line. Um the points right now, 8 out of 10 races in, uh, 2 races to go. Bell uh, leads the overall uh, point standings by 5 over Kyle Larson. And uh, William, or no, he doesn't actually. He's, he doesn't lead overall, Byron does. but um, he's, uh, But Bell and Larson are already in. Byron leads the points overall and has a 30-point lead over the cutoff. Ryan Blaney has a 10 point lead over the cutoff. Um, Tyler Reddick with his third place finish gets himself to within 10 points of Blaney. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex are minus 17, and Chris Busher is forty-three points back. So to be perfectly honest, if you're I mean, granted, Hamlin or Truex, if they qualify well and they are able to earn the stage points, keep their track position and Say Ryan Blaney doesn't qualify well, uh, that point deficit could flip around. Um, I mean, I don't think William Byron is gonna be in a put in a position or put himself in a position to where he's gonna have an issue. Um, but you know, no, stranger things have happened. Larson doesn't have to worry about Martinsville. Uh, he finally has one there, of course, but it's not one of it's never been one of his best racetracks. Bell can go there and try to get another, um, you know, get another win. It won't make any difference in regards to the reset, but um, but it's the the mix is really. I mean, unless Byron has a nightmare scenario, it's Blaney uh, against Blaney and Redick head to head. But the two Gibbs guys having to go and win at a track which they've won at with a high. A pretty high percentage um uh, so we'll see what happens with that for those guys we'll move forward move towards the xfinity series which josh will uh talk about here uh, got to attend the contender boats 300 at homestead on saturday evening afternoon evening and uh, saw sam Mayer. um Gumby, Pizza Face, Accutane Ace. I don't know. We need to figure out a nickname for him. Uh, Sam Mayer goes out there, holds off Riley Herbst. Uh, Riley Herbst in the last two weeks has went from being an absolute bum bastard to actually looking like he knows how to drive a race car. I don't know what got into him, but uh, he went and won at Vegas at home, and then now he was battling Sam Mayer and he's in a position where uh, he could really factor into these next two races to finish out the year and put himself in, in the mix, at least initially, as a championship contender for 2024. But uh, the race results contender boats 300 at Homestead. Sam Mayer gets the victory over Riley Herbst, John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Round out the top five. Daniel Hemrick was sixth. Parker Kligerman, Bruckshot Jones, Sammy Smith, and Joe Graf Jr. driving a Wawa Toyota finishes 10th. Uh, Derek Krause won the second stage. Cole Custer won the first stage, started on pole, led the most laps. Uh, it's a track, one of his best racetracks, period. He's won there multiple times in an Xfinity car. Um, I'm going, I was looking back at the picks uh, neither of us had picked custer and i guess we were both uh right on that but uh, josh actually was picked the winner for the cup series with chris bell and then uh we we're gonna get into the trucks he got that one we both got the Got the formula one by default because or no you you got both because you picked fish lips for both, but so it goes back once again, if you really want to make predict- make picks and put some money, you're better off listening to Josh that's for sure because he's way more accurate um but Sam Mayer wasn't in our we weren't thinking of Sam Mayer at all, uh but in the end, Sam Mayer goes out there, leads second most laps on the day, locks himself into. The final four and i mean the it was a pretty tame race there was only one major incident multi-car incident uh which affected two of the playoff guys in chandler smith and sheldon creed along with um uh, moffitt uh, josh berry had a single car uh incident but a pretty tame race in general um uh, and uh, they butt- and it was it had a long green flag uh feel. Twelve cars were on the lead lap. Krauss was eleventh, Parker Retzloff was twelfth, the last car on a lead lap. So um Josh, I'll give you the floor. What were your uh what did what did you experience there on Saturday and being at the race track and also what the race was like in by in in your uh in your view, uh with Junior being there, you know, going and hitting running the boards, which is one of his favorite things to do. Uh, his kids weren't really feeling all that happy about being there, but he was happy to be there. And he showed it, even though he did door his, uh, his, uh, employee, uh, amongst other people.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it was, um, just, uh, r- really, uh, good to be there on Saturday. Um, it was a uh, pretty hot, I'll start out with that. Um, I mean, I, you no, know, in Florida it's started to cool off now here in the last couple of weeks, but uh, down you know, very south of Florida is still in the uh low uh, mid 80s uh throughout the day, clear, sunny skies uh throughout the day. So, um, you know, from that perspective, it was gonna be kind of hot outside. Um, it wasn't like terrible or anything like that, but still, um, you know, the sun clear and everything beating down on you. So, um, you know, had to had to uh, layer, I, I well, my strategy there for, uh, protecting myself from the sun, I just, uh, had a, a long sleeve, uh, sun shirt, I guess, like it's not a hoodie, but it's just kind of like one of those long sleeve under armor type shirts that has a hoodie on it. So, uh, wore that and had a hat on sunglasses and everything like that and just put on a lot of sunblock otherwise, uh, to protect myself. So that was my strategy there, uh, since it was pretty sunny and everything, but, um, the, facility I mean I'll start out with that the um it's pretty pretty barren compared to Daytona um having having been to Daytona now that's the only other NASCAR track I've actually been to um but the I mean there wasn't really a whole lot outside the track It it's out kind of in the you know farmland and all that stuff but um I mean the facility itself um you know is bench seats you know whereas they, you know Daytona has uh stadium seating and all that stuff um and you know the um, amenities and all that stuff still kind of kind of not as on the scale of Daytona but I mean not saying it's a knock but saying that you know if you're expecting like a I mean I'm not gonna say it's not a world-class facility but um, it's definitely feels a step down from uh, you know Daytona and that maybe that's one reason why it's at Phoenix because Phoenix wouldn't put a bunch of upgrades into their facility and stuff and um, there's you know a whole lot of amenities and all that stuff that at Phoenix where you know Homestead's kind of a little bit a little bit lacking in that department, even though it has a better race facility, I think. So maybe that's one factor, uh, there. So, yeah, I mean, it was okay looking. You know, Joe was telling me that he was a little bit disappointed in the facility there. And he told me that it kind of reminded him of Pocono in, in some ways with how it's constructed. Um, I've never been to Pocono, so I know I knew you have, so you might be able to have some insight into that, but, um, it's, uh, definitely, um, I mean, it's still a pretty good racetrack to go to, I think, um, and everything. So, um, I set up at the tippy top at the very top of the um, stadium there or um, the seating uh, there uh, for the Xfinity race. So I uh, sat on turn four. So I had a good view of what they were you know, able to do coming through turn four or you know three and four in the center there and coming off turn four under the front straight. was able to get a good view over there. Um, truck race that sat in turn one for the first part of it. Um, we'll get into that later, but uh, um, I like the, view that i was getting there with uh, how they were running through the corner i definitely liked uh that part of the racetrack where you could see them coming through the corner and see what they were doing uh so i like that part of it as well uh the race itself i mean you know i was trying to just follow Dale jr the whole way through um you know he was uh trying to trying to see what he's doing i mean he was fighting in the top 15 for you know a good part of that after the beginning of the race and uh, i was like oh well What are they doing? He's only running fifteenth. He's got to pick it up, and you know they just kept working on it, I guess. And then by the final stage, they were running in the top ten, so uh, they end up getting a top five there. So um, obviously, as a fan, really, you know, I mean, you want to see a win, but I knew that's you know probably unlikely, you know, given he's only running two races, and you know the rest of the field that's there every week, and he's not really in race shape, you know, compared to the other guys. Even said it on his show. Uh, earlier today that he they released you know he wasn't really in good condition um uh compared to everybody else and also he was coming off of the bout of navonia so um still kind of recovering from that so physically not quite in the the best shape and you know plus like it's still hot outside and you know for them it's probably even hotter inside the car so um you know top five glad to see that come come through of course they they missed the wreck with chandler smith um and stage beginning of stage three. Uh there's the wreck there with uh, him and Brett Moffitt uh and and uh you know Junior was right there but he was able to get by unscathed so glad to see that happen. Of course uh you know the restart uh you know after um I think yeah the second caution before the end of the race was for Debris and uh they had a restart there uh and Sheldon Creed uh took the lead there staying out on old tires and then you know he ended up uh having a bad restart junior goes tries to go to the uh middle and i think josh barry was on the outside of him and then they collided off of uh turn two there and saw some smoke there so i was wondering wondering what was happening and then um you know on top of that then josh barry gets into the wall so that was a really interesting uh part of that race and was thinking oh maybe it's over now for junior but you know junior was able to stay out there thought maybe he had a a flat tire but they were able to evaluate that with help from brandon jones uh with help from uh uh his crew and everything so um glad that he didn't have to you know pit and you know basically give up his race there so still still happy to see him finish uh in the and plus they didn't have any tires left the after that anyway so glad to see him finish in the top five and take home uh, a good good race there um, of course saw him on the so I tweeted it out on my twitter you know the um pre-race intros saw him on the truck there so you know was able to say you know let's go junior and everything like that so glad to see him in person like that and um you know also was able to in the middle of the truck race, uh, you know, I was trying to get away from the sun for a little bit and went back down to the fan midway area. And they had the Chevy, uh, display there and was able to see, uh, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer, and, uh, Brandon Jones. they were a- answering questions and, uh, giving autographs. So I was able to get all three of their autographs, uh, Barry autographed a shirt that I got at the Chevy, uh, display. And then, um, mayor and Brandon Jones had their, uh, uh, hero cards, and so they autographed those. So uh, I was able to score those. So I actually got autographed from a winning driver of the race, so that's pretty cool. So Samir winning, of course. And, um, you know, the race itself, besides the junior part of it, um, I mean, it was kind of random to see Derek Krause, like who was running towards the back half of the field, really, in the first part of the, you know, the race in the stage, uh, stage one, then all of a sudden just kind of comes out of nowhere to win stage two, and everything is like all of a sudden to see him up front It's like, where the hell, did he come from? And then, you know, he ends up finishing 11th. So, good race. And uh, I guess a, um, one of his first races here in Xfinity. So, uh, for him, but, you know, you have that. And then uh, the finish of the race, you know, was kind of focusing on Junior and thought, you know, Sam Mayer had kind of driven away from the field. You know, he's able to get around uh, John Hunter and get around Riley Herps and everybody else. But then uh, Riley Herbst was able to charge on the last, you know, last part of the race and, you know, almost got him there on the the finish and you know turn three and four but I think Mayer on the high side still had the momentum and was able to carry that through uh the last corner there to beat Riley Herbst back to the line so um yeah Sam Mayer all of a sudden in the final four here and uh the Xfinity series and has a chance to possibly win a title you know we'll see how it how it happens um you know Jim Sports hasn't been the best at Phoenix lately but you know they have a good chance of uh having that happen um you know, the other playoff guys, Cole Custer, uh, had a, f- a flat tire running into the wall. So, uh, he ended up losing a lap there. Justin Augar had kind of had the same deal and ended up finishing, uh, 15th after kind of being in the top five for the first part of the race. So, um, you know, those two guys kind of missed opportunities there for both of them. Uh, but, you know, I thought overall still great race. Um, you know, relatively clean for the most part. Um, you know, definitely, uh, had a lot of fun seeing that and seeing the trucks as well. So, um, you know, glad, glad to be there for, uh, Homestead, you know, I'd been thinking about it, uh, you know, over the last couple of months since they made the announcement, you know, I kind of mentally decided that I was going to go. And then I just, you know, since it's not a race that's really in demand, I was like, well, probably can just get away with getting general admission tickets or something like that. And it was, it was able to do that for, uh, the first, you know, part of the week here and plan for that. And, I mean, I, I went on Saturday only really because of Dale Jr., but also because, like, well, I'd already been out in the sun anyways on the Jaguars game on last Sunday and gotten sunburnt from that and then, you know, didn't want to have to, like, go reserve a hotel and pay, you know, get overcharged uh, on that end because I you know, obviously hadn't reserved it or anything like that. So I you know, was able to leave uh, the Space Coast at 7 a.m. and then come back at 10.30. Uh, well, I left around left actually closer to eight and then came back around 10:30. So a good little day trip down to Miami and back and everything. So that was fun. Never been to Homestead. Um, I mean, I, I would go back, so that'd be, that'd be fine. plus, uh, they got a go-kart facility there too that I've got to check out at some point, uh, you know, some other time. So look forward to being able to do that, uh, at some other time. And then, uh, also on the way back on 985, uh, before I got to my area, I was able to, uh, pass by, Jeremy Clements uh, hauler and passed by uh, two of the Jordan Anderson racing haulers. So it's kind of interesting seeing the haulers come back or pass by them coming back from the race. So kind of cool to see that. But um, obviously they're driving all the way back up to um, Mooresville or um, wherever in in, uh, that vicinity in North Carolina. So, um, you know, just glad to be there, like I said, for that race. And, um, you know, uh, glad to see Dale Jr. race in person, you know, for the first time since, probably uh 2013 or 2015 uh seeing him race there in person so glad to be able to take advantage of that opportunity while he's here in my state so um being able to do that so we'll see where he races next year if i decide to go uh to one of those that'd be cool but you know taking advantage of the opportunity while you have the chance to do that you know is always a you know great uh opportunity to be able to take advantage so um yeah glad glad to have been there and you know see dale jr race
0: Yep, and it's, you never know, it's like how going and seeing Smoke, for me, I didn't get to watch Smoke uh, for the last few years of his, Um, I I think the last time I saw him race was in, I think 2019 or 18, or or not 2019, 18, it was in 16, of course, yeah, because that was his final year, Um, I'm trying to remember where I saw, if it was Pocono, if it was Richmond, was the last time I saw him race, but you know when you when it is your favorite driver and there are limited opportunities. Of course, in Junior's case, he is able to go and with the sponsorships that they have there, um pick and choose his spots in regards to where he wants to race. And Amy allows him, and uh, Amy and and um, Kelly allow him to race twice a year. So we'll see how long that continues um, as we go on here, but. For Sam Mayer, one of his drivers, one of his pupils, they go out, he goes out and gets that uh, crucial victory and um, locks himself in. Phoenix, of course, last year they had three of the four drivers in the final four and uh, ended up not coming through uh, with, the, uh, with the championship uh, to Keebler Gibbs, which when you look at what transpired afterwards probably makes a lot of sense um but yes phoenix is not a great racetrack theoretically for junior motorsports uh outside of justin allgaier so you know it's something that we have to look at in general um as we move forward uh the truck series also ran earlier in the day as josh mentioned got to go and see that um or no actually before I get into the in all that, let's get into the points. Sam um, uh, Mayer locked in. John Hunter has a plus 44. is 44 points above the cut. And it's right now a three for two. Or, yeah, three, po- three drivers for two spots. Cole Custer and Austin Hill are plus three over Justin Allgaier. Um, so every point is going to count for all three of those drivers. After you get past that, the Smiths uh, and Sheldon Creed, they need to win. Uh, that's the only way they're going to advance into the Final Four. Um, that's another big play, of course. Um, Mooney Ward is just getting toasted. Oh, yeah, legal contact. Oh, lovely. Even better. And another first down. Yeah, Mooney Ward's having a great day today. Um, yeah, so that's where the points are at. Uh, qualifying and the stage point are going to be big for those three drivers um, as we go on. And then when you consider Chandler Smith uh, is leaving a colleague and probably going to go to Joe Gibbs racing next year, what is the likelihood of him getting the best of it to try and advance? Um, There's also the, I mean, Psy apps or whatever has been on Sieg's car. They've been running CJ McLaughlin's useless behind on and off for a while. And, Now they're going to sponsor him for the full season next year. uh, They're going to sponsor Ryan Sieg itself, so he'll be able to have funding, uh, which is good for him and his uh, family-run organization. All right, last race that we have to get into is the uh, Baptist Health Cancer Care 200 uh, for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And saw that another... is that flag no no they stop thought oh, it is a flag they're gonna go no oh, they're gonna call they're gonna call a pi i don't something. think that's a pi i don't it's not look it does not look good the way the Niners are playing right now but um the results of the race oh, that's not what i wanted uh the results of the race uh is come on cheffer say something you idiot um oh yeah there you go was that illegal hands to the face? Are they called? They called it. Oh man! Where? Oh, they're gonna say what the hell?
1: What kind of garbage is that? Really? That's he's falling. That has nothing to do with Lenore. I mean, the arm oh. grab. Are they calling it for the arm grab that he did before that, or I don't know. I mean, that's 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 they're they're having hand fighting
0: there. I mean, it's somebody flopped over there, but I don't think they got in. Yeah. Uh, God, this is now push. Oh,
1: yeah, you can't. The Kirk do brotherly sh-
0: KB sneak. He's not a. The brotherly shove mm-hmm. is not going to work with uh, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins. Oh man, Fred Warner was totally on that. Oh, uh, he that's knew what it was. It was. Coming. Yeah, Fred Warner pulled a pulled a Troy Polamalu and launched himself over the line. Uh, they're going to try it again, and it was even worse this time. Um, that's got to be an illegal procedure. There's no way. All right. I apologize. I'm locked into this because right now they're down nine points. And well, this could mean that they're going to be down 16 points depending on how this goes. Oh, uh, they're going to call a false start or a encroachment. Ugh, come on. Oh, they didn't call encro... Or they did? Oh, Jesus. Illegal
1: snap. That's there. Yeah, okay, good. Thank God.
0: Yeah, because they he went and... Um, uh, move, made a move so that the player would go across so now they're away so they can't do any of the um brotherly shove crap probably they were better off with the brotherly shove crap because they've been giving up yards a plenty as long as there's been space um yeah sort of truck series uh, the uh Win went to Carson Hosevar fourth of his uh, 2023 season, gets himself into the final four. Uh, ben Rhodes did not finish second on the road, but ended up with second uh, post-race, which is something we're going to get into here shortly with the Formula One race. And, uh, oh, it's an incomplete pass. Okay. Uh, and then Corey Heim, grin and finger round out the top four. Bailey Curry getting a Fifth-place finish. Stubal, Matt Crafton, Rajah Karuth, uh, Josh's usual uh, wild-card pick, uh, gets another top ten. Ty Majeski, a former winner at Homestead, finished ninth. And Chase Purdy, rounding out your top ten. The other guys who had uh, stage points, Nick Sanchez, who qualified on pole, uh, but made a mistake during uh, on pit road, got involved in an incident on pit road, and um, that in that incident uh, destroyed the front end of his uh, what what do we call um Gamebridge Chevrolet, and uh, uh, relegated him to seventeenth place finish. Ekis, uh finished twentieth, pulling a Denny Hamlin, and then uh, Tyler Ankrum got one stage point um zane smith excuse me i think he did have stage points but of course those were those disappeared when he got disqualified he finished second on the road was battling Carson for there late in the race trying to get himself into another final four he's this is going to be the first time in his uh, truck career that he isn't making the final four so it shows how um, prolific he has been the defending series champion will not defend his championship dq put uh put that in the mix uh, they still show that uh zane smith led the race though so i don't know i guess they can't take away that he led laps so yeah i don't know you could take everything else away but you know, but he led laps so whatever um Post-Savar gets the win um gets the makes that pass on ben rhodes with the 11 to go they're not Ben Rhodes, but you know, it's I don't know. They, I mean, he makes a late race pass, and then uh, Zane Smith was up there trying to battle for his life, but in the end, uh, Josevar, other I mean, Corey Heim has shown uh, himself to be the the class of the field this year, won both stages, led the most laps, uh, solidified himself. He already was in the final four, but you know, he is the favorite and, um, but Carson Hosevar is gonna be that guy that is a likely person that's gonna give him the biggest fight for that championship, and getting a win at homestead uh I think solidifies that uh they've Josevar has went and made his stock even more valuable as this year has gone on, and he didn't do anything to disprove that notion of them being one of the best talents in this sport with uh uh, that victory on uh saturday afternoon josh
1: yeah i mean Hosefar of course uh ran uh in that race and you know he ran really well throughout him he only led 11 laps but he was had top five speed all day um obviously i was there and saw that race first before the xfinity race so um, i saw the first stage and then second stage like i said went down to the fan area and everything but um the first stage stage you know Corey heim just led a, a lot of laps in, there in that stage and had looked like early on the dominant car. Um, Josvar I think had the second best car behind him uh, there. So it was clear that those two guys were probably going to be the front riders here uh, in that race. And then, you know, later on uh, Ben Rhodes, I think just went on a Hail Mary strategy there to try to make it in. And it worked for them because, you know, not only did Zane Smith get disqualified, but um, they were able to, you know, stay out on old tires long enough to where, um, you know, they had the lead for a good bit, but then, you know, they were able to uh, just stay out, stick around uh, long enough um, where they netted themselves uh, at the time, a, a third place finish and um, was well well ahead of Corey Heim to be able to not have to worry about falling back any further. Um, I actually initially thought that he was going to win the race, but then, um, you know, Josvar was eating way at his lead and it was going to only be a matter of time um before Josevar would have the lead over him and then you know Rhodes uh, was able to hold on there for uh third place you know, at, at the time and uh Zane Smith of course unfortunately he gets disqualified but uh you know he um i guess last ditch effort to make make the um uh, you know final 4 here for him uh didn't make it in he would have had to win Uh, which that would have been big if he had won and then they DQ'd him after the race. Uh, But, you know, he had a, uh, I guess that's a throwback to Kevin Harvick earlier this year uh, with his penalty at Talladega. But um, yeah, I mean, the race was pretty interesting. um, You know, seeing, seeing the truck race, I've actually never seen a truck race before, even at Daytona. I never never been to a Daytona truck race. So uh, surprisingly, I mean, this one was fairly calm, you know, compared to what we usually see uh, in the truck series. Um, So, seeing that, but I was in turn one for the first stage and saw them on corner entry how it looked like they were drifting. And I guess McCaffrey is getting a touchdown. So, I guess you're happy there. So, uh, good for the 49ers. But, um, you know, seeing them run. Uh, you know the bottom versus the top on corner entry, you could see on the bottom the trucks were drifting for the first you know part of quarter entry, sliding the tires, so it was kind of interesting to see how that approach happened um, you know compared to Daytona, where everything 's flat out. you can actually see them operate the car and figure out things and that 's one other thing I was going to say is just seeing the differences in corner entry speeds uh, when somebody was trying to pass on the bottom, just seeing how big of a difference that was that uh, was something I had never really appreciated before uh, at least on an oval. So, um, yeah, that was obviously pretty cool, uh, to see, see all that and everything. Um, uh, Marco Andretti, uh, was kind of interested in his performance because this is the first time he's raced, uh, on an oval in a stock car, uh, here, but, um, you know, he ran, ran 18th, uh, here. So I think, you know, for him probably just needed more practice, uh, there. So, um, you know, would have liked to have seen him, uh, have more time behind the wheel. I think a guy like him that doesn't have as much, you know, experience uh, in this series, probably, you know, even though he's been to Homestead before, but in an IndyCar probably definitely needs uh, more time in the truck to get used to it and everything. So, um, but still a decent debut for, you know, having little experience in the series. Uh, of course, uh, Nick Sanchez, you know, ran up front, had the pole early on um, kind of, you know, disappointing ending to the season there falling back to 17th and finishing a lap down so uh tough tough uh, deal for uh for that guy uh and how he you know his season ends up so um you know thought he would be a lock in the playoffs i think we both said or at least i said that there yeah be there'd be no changes in the final four from before homestead and uh that didn't work and obviously you picked sanchez and he didn't win so um yeah that's a tough deal for him but you know he's a rookie and uh, everything, so they'll uh, have time to grow and time to, uh, you know, get better at this, so um, we'll see you know, how, he, how he does next year, so, um, I mean, Final Four, you know, ends up being Josefar, Corey Heim, uh, Grant Frigger gets in as well, and uh, Ben Rhodes, uh, and everything, so, I mean, yeah, of course, uh, that's a solid Final Four, I mean, I think all of them can, could be deserving of the title, uh, when it's all said and done at Phoenix, so, Oh, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I definitely uh think it's gonna be an interesting race there for sure. Uh once in two weeks once that happens. But um, you know, those guys, they've all had pretty good seasons and I think, you know, all of them can be uh, you know, definitely a good champion in this series for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be something we'll talk about it
0: more next week on episode one ninety three, our thoughts on the final four in more detail. Uh but for you you got Corey Heim, Carson Osavar. Those two were two of the three major players. Other and then you had Christian Eckes. Um, Christian Eckes having a nightmare uh, round of the playoffs. He was a factor for a good amount of this season, and to not make the final four, I think, is a real disappointment for the McInally hilgeman driver. I mean, there are some changes coming to the organization. Jake Garcia is leaving. Um, uh, somebody just got hurt and, um, for the 49ers. Um, probably going to a break. Um, but the, but you, I, we were talking about those three guys. Those are the three main players. Um, definitely, Corey Heim has been the lead dog uh, this whole entire season. And now uh, we get to going to Phoenix next week. I mean it is really about him. And now I mean Grand Infinger has always been known for pulling stuff out of the out of his ass. It's the last race for GMS. Um it's something where the timing and everything, it could be you know, it's not out it's not out of the realm that uh that um Grant Infinger can get get a Hail Mary win. Uh, you see how legacy's been racing here the last couple months uh maybe grand infinger has something and then ben rhodes somehow or another uh gives uh Dorsport sport a, a representative in the final four definitely wasn't lining up that way uh the playoff because of uh nick sanchez goes and yet because of the better finish in this round the second place that he got he ends up uh, uh getting in on a tiebreaker the former series champion so there is somebody who could become a two-time series champion uh, if Ben Rhodes was somehow or another able to win. Um, Nick Sanchez uh, falling short, not getting the win. I just figured he was going to win at some point this year. It's interesting that Carson Josevar, uh it was a battle with Carson Josevar and him getting making contact with Nick Sanchez at Texas which oh, which uh, ended up having Carson Osevar win his first career race. That moment uh, was key in this whole entire situation. Now, uh, Sanchez wins that race. Who knows um, where yeah. the points are at, et cetera, et cetera. But it's interesting how a race in June uh, could have made such a big difference uh, in the uh, final results. I mean, it's zero points after 22 races, so... It could have been lost any number of places, but I think for Ty Majeski after the penalty, the tire bleeder uh, penalty, uh, all the energy had basically been taken out of that team. Zane Smith's team for about a, for the second half of this season has been uh, off because he knew he was leaving. It didn't look they hadn't looked uh, very, very good, so uh, it's not shocking that it ended up going to hell. Uh, For him, not because of his talent. It's just they weren't there. Um, Eckes spitting the bit and pulling a Denny Hamlin was very surprising to me, uh, considering his pedigree in the past has been as a a championship-level driver. I mean, he did drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports and was like kind of mid. So, I mean, there's been plenty of examples of guys that kyle bush motorsports being mid and then getting sent and then being all right afterwards but yeah, it is what it is right there um nick sanchez we don't know what he's going to be doing next year i um, going to work under the assumption that he'll be driving for spire um because of the funding and all that and because they're going to run multiple trucks so we'll see what happens with that and so they all get reset um going into uh phoenix will give take Put in more details or give more details on all that um, next week on episode 193. Uh, Stefan Parsons will be driving the Rackley War 25 at Phoenix, so it's a pretty good opportunity for Stefan. You uh, could make an argument, it's probably the best opportunity he's ever had in any of uh, NASCAR's three major series. So hopefully, he can get a decent qualifying run. He's run well at times, of course, this year in Xfinity, so. Uh, it'll be cool for him to race in a, in a decent piece of equipment. And his dad gets to go and announce him racing. Uh, Dean Thompson will come back for Tricon. Uh, he's a big social media presence. Uh, so good for him. So there's that. Um, uh, let's move forward to the U.S. Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas, uh, which saw what we, I mean, we both predicted Fish Lips winning, but it wasn't as straightforward as uh, it has been for most of the year. Um, He did have a pretty straightforward uh, Saturday after qualifying on pole in the sprint shootout, Uh, took a lights-the-flag win, did uh, do a little bit of R.G. bargy and not get penalized for it uh, against Charles Leclerc. Um, He also did uh go past track limits and they didn't penalize him for it in the sprint shootout. Um so it is what it is with that. He goes and gets that but on on Friday he had put in a run that would have given him the pole for the Grand Prix itself but he got penalized for track limits there and um they promptly the FIA promptly went and repainted the lines on all the corners where they're watching track limits. Because their chosen uh, hero um, made an error because he was pushing so hard because he can't deal with actually having a race, um, which is interesting how that all works. But in the end, uh, is one of his BFFs, Lando Norris, uh, qualified in second, and Charles Leclerc qualified on pole. But Leclerc didn't make a good start, and uh, Norris passed him and took off. Uh, Fish lips battled had to battle and took time to move up through the field and eventually did earn what is his 50th career Formula One victory, joining three other drivers uh, in Alan Prost, Sebastian Vettel, and Sir Lewis Hamilton as drivers with 50 or more Formula One wins. Uh, He just needs two more to pass um, Alan Prost, and then I think Sebastian Vettel is at 53. So, it's entirely possible by the end of this year um, uh, that uh, Fishlips will have the second most wins in Formula One history. And that's with two ridiculous years that he's had where he's been the dominant presence. Uh, 15th win of the year, uh, 2023, as well, breaking his record from last year. Um, on the road, Lewis Hamilton was chasing him in the race. Um, bad pit stops and probably questionable strategy by mercedes left lewis to have to work and uh but he had moved he was moving up i think uh given better pit stops he could have been in a position to get that elusive 104th victory um it should be a really it should be victory number 105 um but you know that's abu dhabi too but um the lewis ended up finishing second on the road Lando Norris was third. There was, but and post race, a couple hours after the race ended, um, or both Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc were disqualified for wear um, issues on the plank on the bottom of the car. You know, one particular area of the plank was worn excessively. It was more um, prominent on Lewis's car compared to uh, Charles Leclerc. They're walking off T.J. Hawkinson, so that doesn't look good, on uh, National Tight End Day um, or Tight End Weekend. That's one of their key players, too, for Minnesota. Um, so Lewis gets penalized, gets disqualified. Now his gap to second place for Sergio Perez. to possibly take that over is 39 points. It's going to be a big ask for him to go and get that gap uh, cut down uh, for sure. Uh, But, Josh, yeah, the race itself, it was, uh, you know, topsy-turvy in a lot of ways. There was a lot of action going on, Uh, people falling out, Ocon and Piastri getting into it on the start in turn one, and uh, getting damaged, so both of them had to retire, Uh, Fernando Alonso having overheating issues and the car basically shutting down, Uh, Ferrari doing Ferrari things and taking Charles Leclerc out of the race itself. Uh, but Lewis Hamilton was one of the big stories along with um, Lando Norris uh, yesterday. But Lando Norris ends up getting another second place finish while Lewis Hamilton is left to wonder what could have been. Um, and I, for me personally, I'm glad he didn't win the race because if he had won the race and they DQ'd him, the amount of um, stuff that would be going on and in uh social media would in every in general towards the FIA would be pretty bad. Um yeah, so that's that is what it is right there. Uh, in the in the main race and I talked about Fishlips winning the sprint uh with Hamilton and Charles Leclerc were on the podium for that one. So and uh but we'll get into the other pieces Williams um benefiting being the biggest beneficiary I think of anybody of uh the disqualifications because they end up getting a double point. So the United States Grand Prix saw um, Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz round out the uh, the podium. That wasn't the actual uh, result, but that's um, that was uh, what it ended up being. And then Sergio Perez ends up finishing fourth, George Russell fifth. Gasly, Stroll, Yuki Sonoda, Alexander Albon, and Logan Sargent getting his first career point uh, in Formula One, becoming the first American to score points since Michael Andretti at the 1993 Italian Grand Prix, uh, where Andretti came from a lap down after having issues to um, come back, get back on the lead, or uh, lap, or I don't know if he did or not, but he finished third in what ended up being his last Grand Prix uh, of his career. So a big day for Logan Sargent wasn't what he initially did. He was walking off pretty forlornly, uh, finishing 12th, but ends up getting a a massive point in his try to actually keep his job. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot to dive into, Josh. Uh, The guy that usually wins did win but he was having issues with his brakes and he was freaking out on the radio um if it was anybody else or if it was a certain person they'd be making a big deal about it but in his case he can probably curse out uh, gp and tell all the people in in his team to go and eat a bag of dicks and it wouldn't matter but he goes and gets that uh, milestone victory on sunday
1: yeah, I mean, it's a interesting uh, ending there to that race. You know, as I was watching the end there, I thought Lewis might actually have a shot to win, um, but the delta between him and Verstappen wasn't moving quickly enough in his direction. He was taking time out of his lap, but it was taking too long, and, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, if he if had – maybe one or two more laps he would have gotten him. But, of course, you know, the race is only 56 laps. And, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyway if um, they disqualified him uh, there. So, um, which, yeah, obviously it would have been very controversial there. So, uh, you know, Lewis gets uh, DQ'd and, you know, ruins, uh, you know, whatever race he had uh there so of course uh max ends up winning but i mean still had to work for it and still issues with the brakes so it's not like it's easy going plus you know lewis was pressuring him at the end so um you know it's not a total walk in the park for uh verstappen there and gets the still gets the milestone victory of 50 career wins uh which is crazy cuz still seems like he's a pretty young guy and everything and um you know he's gotten as many wins in formula one and yeah lando of course led early but um obviously um the two st- uh, stop strategy was probably the way to go for uh everybody in red bull obviously with uh seven they're able to uh pull that off and um yeah i mean i think for mercedes if they had kind of gone with the same strategy that red bull had i think they would have had a chance but and especially with the the tires that he had compared to uh what verstappen had you know definitely uh would have been an opportunity there for uh lewis to potentially get it and then of course uh you know the beginning of the race uh Ocon, piastri uh make contact and they both retire then fernando alonso retires later on leclerc gets uh disqualified so yeah definitely um lot that happened in the in this uh grand prix um of course now we have an american guy finally getting points here for the first time since michael andretti in 1993 so uh definitely a um significant there but of course that's you know also from penalties so he didn't initially finish in the top 10 uh so you have to wonder for uh williams when you know if, they make their decisions in the off season of where to go with Logan Sargent, you know, they're, do they give them credit for getting the point where they're like, well, you, you, you got it on a technicality. So um, we're, you know, we're going to go in a different direction or something like that. That's going to be interesting to see how they make that evaluation there. Um, you know, one, one thing he brought up with, uh, you know, especially with uh, Max Verstappen, uh, exceeding track limits and qualifying. Um, I was seeing the discourse on Twitter with Parker Clearman and Dale Jr. Uh, and other people talking about track limits and saying it's ridiculous that there is track limits in F one and that you know if you have to have track limits. Then maybe you design the track wrong, and uh, it's an interesting discourse there, and you know, very very American in that um, you know we don't like the idea of having these types of rules uh, in, in restricting the ability of you know, where cars can go and everything. And, um, of course, um, you know, it's a interesting discourse there, but, um, wonder, you know, if, how can they fix that? Or, um, you know, if that should be a thing. And I mean, personally myself, uh, maybe there should just be natural track limits, like having grass and having things that would, you know, make it a disadvantage to, to, to exceed the track limits um you know rather than just having paved areas or paved runoffs of course but uh, of course there's also the safety aspect as well so i wanted to briefly touch on that because of course that's always been a discourse as of late of whether that's really a violation or anything or if there's truly an advantage that's gained uh when when you exceed the track limits um just barely or you know by a lot so um I mean, it's always good to see that type of discussion, especially from people who are outside who might be able to give a better perspective or um, different perspective uh, on on these type of deals. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty good, you know, fairly interesting U.S. Grand Prix, of course, um, compared to last couple of years. So at least the finish was somewhat interesting, even though the guy we all expected to win win the race. So. Uh, you know now we'll go to Mexico Grand Prix and you know saw some rumors that potentially Sergio Perez is going to announce his retirement from F1 at the Mexican Grand Prix so uh, that's potential uh, rumor that could happen we'll see we'll find out in a few days I guess if that ends up being the case but honestly wouldn't be surprised but you know of course got did dirty the last couple years by uh, Red Bull uh, and how they handled him so we'll see and based on the availability of the rides that you know, we could potentially go into that are competitive or not. Uh, you know, I think maybe the decision to retire just go out while you still have the opportunity to go out on a decent ride and not go out on a, you know, terrible drive, like some of the other lower teams in F1, Yeah, you know, maybe it's the better decision.
0: Yeah. For Perez. I mean, I brought this up, uh, on, uh, Good talk when we were doing a qualifying, actual qualifying show that in a lot of ways I see Sergio Perez's situation like uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, when at times at Mercedes where he was, when Lewis was doing uncommon things with the, with the car, uh, Valtteri Bottas couldn't pass anybody. He would have terrible starts. He would look lost. He would look like he didn't know what was going on. And for a year for a long time, people were calling for his head, and and they finally did, and they put in Osama bin Russell, um, who's who's been you know this year has been generally mediocre, and last year definitely was the better of the two drivers, and that can uh, that arguably is only the second time. Really, that a teammate has beaten Lewis Hamilton, and it was, and in that was more a case of they were having him do R and D work because the car was so bad. Um, he's really only been beaten legitimately once in his career, and that was by um, Jensen Button back in their McLaren days. Um, for those who want to go and say, "Well, yeah, he got beat by a certain dipshit from Germany," um, there's plenty behind that to why that all worked out the way it did. Um, plus a, bum, a bad engine at at uh, uh, Malaysia that would have uh, seen him win that race and he would have won the championship that year too. So he wouldn't even have to deal with this eight championship stuff where they went and manipulated where Michael Massey manipulated the whole entire season in one fell swoop. But yeah, the I mean, there was an interesting race for sure. Uh, we'll see what happens with Checo. He ended up being eighteen and a half seconds behind. At the checkered flag behind his teammate, he was well behind um in qualifying as well. you know he qualified he qualified ninth to fish lips sixth, so even when he had a bad qualifying run, um Sergio Perez couldn't do anything about it. yeah Yuki Sonoda ended up getting the fastest lap in the race itself, so credit to him. Um, the Haas brought a upgrade package, but it didn't net them much of anything. Hulkenberg uh, almost got a point. He was two seconds behind Sargent. Uh, Magnussen was 14th. Ricardo finished last on the road in his return to Formula One after his wrist injuries he suffered at uh, at uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, so, yeah, let's go through that. So, the points uh, heading into. Uh, Mexico City and uh, the circuit, her uh, circuit, circuito, Hermanos Rodriguez, uh, will uh, Sergio Perez, as I mentioned, 39 point lead. Oh man, Jake Moody actually made a field goal. Um, 39 point lead over Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton has an 18 point lead on Fernando Alonso, who Alonso leads his countryman. Carlos signs a smooth operator by 12. Lando Norris, with his second-place finish, moves up to sixth in the championship. Uh, he's uh, 12 points behind uh, one of his BFFs. Um, Charles Leclerc is 20 points behind his teammate, Carlos Sainz, and George Russell is in eighth. Uh, was it, 28 points Behind Carlos Sainz and 40 behind Fernando Alonso. In terms of the Constructors' Championship, Mercedes is 22 points ahead of Ferrari, and uh, McLaren is now six points ahead of Aston Martin for fourth in the Constructors' Championship. So those are the two battles to look at. Um, Williams with three points on Sunday increases their gap over Alfa Romeo. Alpha Sauber to ten, um twenty-six to sixteen. Alpha Romeo is only four points out of Haas and six points ahead of Alpha Torre, but that will I mean there's not a lot of points for where they're gonna be around anyway. Uh but we'll see with how many races to go they have. Um what the there's three races, four races to go in the season, um, what those guys can do. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four races to go in the season. Um, what those teams can do at the, in the end um, in trying to go and make the championship a little tighter in terms of constructors. So that's it for Formula One, at least for the U.S. Grand Prix. We'll preview the Mexico, Mexico Grand Prix here in a little bit. Uh, let's get into football. I mean, the Niners right now have gotten back into the game. So it's uh it's a little bit better than what it was looking like earlier in the evening. Um but uh Josh you can talk about your your jags first and foremost. Let us know. I mean, we'll talk fantasy. I mean, uh Jaguars get a win on Thursday night, uh, 31 to 24 on the road and um Travis Etienne continues to um make his presence felt it's what you guys drafted him for a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. And he's proving to be that dynamic player. Um, and getting a win on the road, it's it's never easy. So getting one, a non-conference opponent on a Thursday night, give yourself a long um, uh, break there, 10-day break to your next game, uh, is pretty key, I would say. Um, but what were you... What did you take? What were you like and dislike from Thursday night's performance and against Jacksonville and some of your other takeaways in the world of football and fantasy football?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, the Jaguars, of course, I mean, it's been a few days now, but you know, on Thursday, uh, they played and against the saints. And, um, of course the big worry was about Trevor Lawrence's knee, uh, left knee sprain, uh, or, uh, yeah, left knee sprain on there. Uh, and, you know, how would how would it feel mobility wise? And um, I mean, first play or first drive of the game, uh, took a scramble uh, right ahead and and got a first down and you know proved that it, he'd be okay uh, after uh, that. And as long as he was running into you know a straight line, it'd be okay. And kind of kind of limited his mobility. They didn't really do any too many rollouts play action wise, uh, but. You know he was um still able to be himself for the most part um he's very efficient I think in that game um obviously travis Etienne, two touchdowns early on uh helped them get out to early lead uh quickly um and yeah you know, he's proving that he's one of the better backs in this league uh for sure and um you know trevor was able you know, was able to be effective be efficient uh but uh defensively they were able to uh hold the saints to a couple of field goals. Uh, there was a couple of fumbles in that game, one on special teams, uh, the return or not the return, but the gunner on special teams got hit in the back by the ball and, uh, they caused the caused of fumble there. And then the saints were able to recover that and get a field goal. And then, uh, Christian Kirk fumbled, uh, after making a first down catch and, I think that also led to the Saints field goal there. So uh, it was a little disappointing to see that early, um, giving the Saints opportunities to um, you know, make it close when it probably shouldn't have been. Uh, a couple of weird bounces there, but you know, eventually the Jags got out to a decent lead. Uh, Foye Lucon gets a pick six, uh, and that game makes it 24-9. to And honestly, I mean, I thought, okay, well, they're definitely winning this game. There's no way the Saints are coming back, but then the Saints uh, end up, Getting two touchdowns. Uh, I think that, you know, I, what I didn't like is that the offensive play calling in the second half uh, definitely got a very conservative. I think part of it is because of Trevor's knee. They're trying to call around that uh, injury and try to manage that so to not put him in too many compromising situations. Uh, and they didn't really have a lot of long developing plays where they could go downfield and attack. I think they were trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly so he wouldn't have to get risk uh getting hurt or anything like that um uh they had a fourth and inches play where they lined up shotgun and handed off up the middle to the etn and, and a lot of people disagreed with that i saw online uh and i think i definitely disagreed with that uh play call too uh i think they they're saying on on the broadcast that this probably would have been a QB sneak situation and i mean given the knee issues with Trevor Lawrence not sure, Lawrence, i'm not sure if um, that's the right play call either but you know they they did have a play against the Colts uh where they lined up uh in i don't know formation but they they had tank bigsby line up in fullback and Trevor was under uh under center so um i think if they line up in the fullback position and then have um You know, have Etienne in the backfield, and he hand it off to Bigsby or whoever wants to be on the fullback uh, slide. Then maybe that's a better opportunity for short yardage. Although they have struggled in short yardage situations this year, we joke online that it's a force field. uh, That when they get into situations, they make it really hard for themselves to convert for whatever reason. But um, you know, it's been been an issue uh, this year and even last year to to an extent. So um that part didn't like just the that they allowed their play calling allowed the saints to get back into the game of course the saints um know, get back into it and uh you know they hide the game but then trevor lawrence goes out and scores a touchdown to christian kirk uh when they needed it and then defensively uh buster brown backing up for uh Tyson Campbell and then Darius Williams on the outside as well had some really good plays defensively to um seal the game for them and uh everything so good good road win fourth win on the road or in a row uh fourth win in you know four different stadiums Jacksonville uh, Tottenham, Wembley, and now in, um, um, now in New Orleans. So, um, shows that, you know, they're very tough. Uh, we'll see how sustainable this is. They've gotten all their wins in a different way. They're they haven't quite, you know, played for complete quarters offensively where, you know, they were able to get the lead and then put away the opponent. Um, they've, all been kind of grinded out type of wins, but you know definitely uh, want to see how they play next week against the Steelers, uh, who I I personally believe that the Steelers are the actual rival of the Jaguars, not the Titans, even though that it's marketed that way. But the Jaguars have always you know they initially they had modeled themselves after the Steelers uh, when Tom Coughlin was here, and there was always bad blood when they played in the AFC Central uh, between two teams so i think that's why i think they're actually their true rivals and if you look at every nearly every jaguar steelers game has ended up being a really good game so i think that's why um they should be considered their true rivals not the uh titans but you know the titans of course have always been kind of that annoying team that they play against uh, every time but um We'll see how it goes for, against the Steelers. Uh the Steelers definitely um they've been an interesting team this year. Haven't really seen too much of them, but they're definitely a tough opponent for sure as they always are. Um, um so we'll see how that goes. Uh fantasy wise, I mean obviously uh in a in a tough spot. Um Debo Samuels out already, so uh obviously he's not playing right now. Um didn't have any points from Chris Jones this game. I thought he would I thought the Chargers would give up a couple of sacks and everything, but they, I guess they accounted for Chris Jones and being able to get him in, you know, from getting any tackles or any sacks or anything like that. So, um, definitely, a you know, missed opportunity there. Um, other, you know, otherwise, um, I think, you know, you just had a really good game with Lamar Jackson, uh, in this, in this one, Lamar Jackson putting up 50 points there. So, you know, definitely a missed opportunity there. Um, you know, otherwise definitely a uh okay week, I guess for me. Um and we'll we'll just go on on to next week. Um thinking about, you know, the uh rest of the league. I mean, I think one of the bigger stories that's developing is the Buffalo Bills. Seemingly they've been in jet lag for three weeks now since uh they played the Jacksonville Jaguars on October fifth. So I don't know. I mean the bills i mean they did win their sunday night game against the giants but they clearly struggled in that one uh and they lost again uh to the patriots so clearly you know they're having issues with their season so um uh, maybe maybe uh the whole josh allen is trash narrative that Jalen ramsey started a couple of years ago maybe it's starting to take in effect uh finally so uh, we'll see how that goes but that was an interesting one uh of course uh the ravens I mean, the the Lions have been pedigreed as a you know tough team, possible Super Bowl team, and then they laid an egg against the uh, Ravens there. So um, we'll see if they can bounce back from that loss or if the Ravens are a better team than we thought. The Lions aren't as good. We'll see. But, um, yeah, a lot of weird action, backup quarterbacks taking over, winning the game. Colts, Browns was an exciting game uh, to watch on Sunday. Um, you had – uh, the Falcons and the uh, Buccaneers fighting it out uh, had a lot of a lot of backup quarterbacks playing this week for whatever reason so um, yeah definitely kind of one of those weird weeks in the NFL uh, obviously we're seeing it here the 49ers losing right now against the Vikings but could be driving for potential score we'll see here in a few moments but um, yeah definitely a one of those more interesting and you know, weird weeks in the NFL where teams that you think should have won end up not winning the game and, and vice versa. So, yeah, definitely a good week in the NFL. Definitely good to be 5-2 and two for Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't matter how you win. It's not about style points. It's not figure skating or gymnastics. So, um, it's another catch for GK. Yeah, there you go. Um, nine minutes and change to go uh, in this game. Uh, Niners down five here. Um, gets a good uh, chip off of that uh, rusher and gets open, gets another reception. Uh, I mean, for me, this week, right now, 3-1, uh, and one, our Dynasty team is a disaster. Uh, Vic and I's Dynasty team has been a disaster all year. Um, the teams that we hedged on um, have not produced uh, in terms of fantasy purposes. In real, uh, it's a free run there. That's uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course. Um, so going to go 3-1 this week. Not going to get high points in my league, unfortunately. Vic uh, has Patrick Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts. So that doesn't help. Um, so I'm not going to get high points this week. Uh, my Pick'Em league, I only have five wins so far. This would, if somehow or another the Niners come back to win... I would only go 6-7, and seven, so it's my worst week of the season. Um, I had picked Las Vegas against Chicago, but then I didn't know that Brian Hoyer was going to end up starting for Las Vegas against Tyson Bajant, whoever the hell he is, and uh, Chicago ends up winning. Uh, the Cleveland-Indianapolis game could have went the other way, but uh, and that's with Gardner Minshew put up a huge stat line, uh, but Cleveland with P.J. Walker gets the win, New England, Buffalo shitting the bed against New uh, New England. I don't know how. Um, The Washington general commander Redskins not being able to block, pass block, um, letting the Giants look like they have a defense. They win with uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, with a 14-7 victory. Atlanta, Desmond Ritter did absolutely nothing um, except fumble three times, and somehow or another Atlanta won that game. Detroit got boat raced uh, by Baltimore. You know one of the only competitive games was the Pittsburgh L a. Rams game, and Pittsburgh gets that victory on the road. You know, a big win for them. Um, Arizona oh, goes to Seattle and loses Denver um, beats Green Bay at home, uh, Denver at home, and they beat Green Bay. so the the growing pains of uh, Jordan Love continue there. It's not shocking that Kermit the Frog beat the L.A. Chargers. He owns them, and uh, it's yet another example of why the L.A. Chargers are never going to be anything. Philly, I I had picked Miami. It probably was a bad decision, but um, I had really thought, is that a turnover? Yeah, it is. Um, He just threw a pick, didn't he? Um, That's great. Okay, so that's a problem. I'm just trying to get a view here. Brock Purdy, I think he was trying to force it in to um, Kittle. Or no, he was trying to force it in to Jawan Jennings, and uh, Jennings slipped. Uh, Did he tuck it? No, he got it. Yeah, he got it. They're not even replaying it. So that's a huge, huge uh, uh, pick there. Uh, Brock Purdy, you know, we'll see if they can get the ball back. Uh, five and a half minutes to go in the game. I'm not sure how many timeouts the Niners have. They have two. Um, Minnesota has all of theirs, uh, so that's something. Okay, um, get into the roundup here. MotoGP, Moto2 is at Phillip Island. They're dealing with uh, massive storms over there, uh, and they uh, ended up having to make move the race itself to Saturday instead of Sunday. Oh, uh, it's a huge pass, So he overthrew that. Are they going to call Mooney Ward for a legal contact? Yeah, of course. It's what Mooney Ward is. It's what he did when he was in Kansas City. But last year, he wasn't that bad. Now, all of a sudden, he's turned back into the guy that he was when he was in Kansas City. Freaking give him that much money. Fucking asshole. Um, And Moto, so yeah, the top 10 uh saw in the uh, MotoGP Johan Zarco gets his maiden MotoGP victory uh and so that was a huge and but uh, he ended up beating his teammate because Jorge Martin had taken a soft tire gamble um that gamble ended up not working out for him because uh by the end of the race yeah, you know, sees Joan Zarko for the Prima Primac team get his first career victory. Peko Bagnaya finishes second, Fabio DG Antonio third, Brad Binder fourth, and Martin fifth. Then that were all together within a second. Marco Besecchi, Jack Miller, Alicia Spargo, Alex Marquez, and Anea Bestaini round out the top ten. The standings, um the standings Going into this weekend's race at Mandalika, uh is what, 26, 27 points. Peko Bagnaya leads Jorge Martin, uh, Besecchi in third, of course, uh, Binder fourth. Uh, Zarko moves up to fifth, two points out of Alicia Spargro. And then uh, Maverick Vinales is 17 points back in seventh. Luca Marina, Jack Miller, Fabio Quattararo round out your top 10 and uh in moto two uh, in Moto2, uh is tony arbolino uh yes screwing it up thing Yeah, the moto two the race tony arbolino gets the victory uh they moved all the races up of course to uh it was a wet race half points given out and uh fred warner's rolling over that doesn't look great oh boy that is not good uh um arbolino gets a victory over aaron Canet. Philippe aldeguer rounds out the podium alcoba joe roberts who's been a wet weather uh, specialist over his time in moto two his one uh, Mo- moto two victory came in a wet race uh guevara domicat chantra bensinger ben, ben Snyer, uh graham bensinger i'm tearing him in a Brad, er, Graham Bensinger, Ben Snyder, Pedro Acosta, and uh, Murmira as round out the top 10. Uh, the American OnlyFans American team, Rory Skinner, got a couple of points there as well. Uh, standings heading into uh, Mandalika for Moto2. Cost, of course, is uh, going to win the championship. He's 56 points ahead of Arbolino. Um, Jake Dixon is 18 points ahead of Aaron Kinnett. Chantra rounding out the top five. Uh, Close battle. uh, It's 21 points between, or 21 and a half points between Chantra in fifth and Celestino Vietti in tenth. Uh, Joe Roberts is seven and a half points behind Sam Lowe's uh, in 13th or 14th. Uh, 13th and 14th there. He's going to need... some big results to get himself up towards the top 10 uh, best case scenarios. He probably moves up two more spots, uh, to 12th in, uh, so I'm did those in formula F1 Academy. Uh, we'll, uh, get into, you know, Marta Garcia dominates, uh, qualifies, uh, on pole for the first race and gets a, uh, oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, so, at least he walked off. All right. Um, gets a win. Gets the win in race one. Uh, Marta Garcia and be uh, one over. Oh, that's not. Uh, get into it like that. So, yeah, not the uh, damn thing. Uh, yeah. Marta Garcia, the race one winner. Get into after qualifying on pole. Uh beats Abby Pulling and Lena Buhler for the win. There was a long uh, caution uh, safety or long safety car that after a wreck that was triggered by uh, Schreiner and took out Foss and Megan Gil- Gilks. So that was uh, who was there. Um, they're not even, it's a show less results. So that's not who was involved in that race wreck or whatever. Um, yeah. Ovenfoss, Schreiner, and that's race three. Um, they're not showing who was involved in that wreck. I'm, forget, uh, I'm forgetting who was involved. They're not showing it on the freaking result itself. All right, in race two, um, uh, Hamda Alkabasi won over Elena Buhler and Jess Edgar. Abby Pulling and Neri Marti ran out of the top five. Um, and Marta Garcia... Uh, Did not uh, Did not cla- get cla- She was the only one that didn't finish the race hmm. Interesting And then um, In race 3 uh, Jess Edgar who had a great weekend Qualified on pole For the th- race 3 uh, Gets the victory over Neri Marti uh, Marta Garcia Elena Buller Hanna Alcabese, uh Rounding out the top 5 The standings Arta Garcia gets the championship, as I mentioned, by 56 points over Elena Buhler. Hamna al finished third, 15 points behind Buhler. Neri Marti fourth, Abby Pulling fifth. And they were separated by four points there. Uh, Bianca Bustamante is going to be a part of the McLaren uh, Driver Academy. So that'll be something to look at next year. Uh, Probably have the papaya livery on whatever car she'll be driving. And then we see who else, because all the teams are going to be involved in um, this series. All 10 Formula One teams will have one representative on the grid as we go into next year. What's it called? Uh, Megan, yeah. Megan Gilks, I think, is uh, stopping her career to go and work for Aston Martin as an engineer. So credit to her um, in regards to that. Not sure what's going to happen to Marta Garcia. Hopefully she'll be in Formula 3 next year. Uh, Her teammate that ran in Formula Regional, another Mercedes Junior driver, is moving up from that... Category all the way up to Formula 2. So, see people on the fast track there. I mentioned something about Tony Stewart. He sold the All-Star Circuit of Champions to uh, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, who own the High Limit Sprint Car Series. So, after not sure how many years it's been for Tony, uh, it's going back probably, I think, at least 10 years not more. um, Tony is uh, selling the All-Stars and Larson and Sweet are going to continue their, uh, rise up to build a brand with 410 wing sprint car racing, um, and make a, a, competitor essentially for now, uh, to the world of outlaws, uh, central European rally coming up this, uh, this weekend for the world rally championship, Cali Rovampera on watch to go and, uh, Win a second consecutive uh, World Rally Championship and uh, read more route maps there. Central uh, weekend of first. Yeah. Roundouts include stages across three countries Germany, Austria, and Czech Republic. Um, so that'll be a cool thing. Previous uh, subsection of free started and asphalt only route is practically all new. Pace. So an asphalt rally, all asphalt rally, which is nice. Usually most of the races are on. On in uh gravel, so it'll be uh interesting to see a full tarmac rally and then being in three different countries at some uh during the whole entire race meeting. Caliro Vampera, two races to go, leads by by 31 points. So if he can, if he holds a 20 uh, what is it, I think a 30 point lead. As long as he holds a 30-point lead after, uh, this race, uh, he will be the, a two-time world rally champion, uh, Alfred Evans needs to win and hope, uh, and then, um, Newville's third, uh, nine points at Votanic in the world rally championship there. Uh, supercars at Surfer's Paradise coming up this coming weekend, um, the, uh, It's been the battle of uh, the Coca-Cola Erebus team versus the Red Bull Ample Racing, Triple 8 Racing team. Uh, Brody Kostecki leads by 131 points over Shane Van Gisbergen coming off of winning the Bathurst 1000. um, Will Brown in third. Brock Feeney in fourth after falling out of the Bathurst 1000, an impossible victory. Uh, he is 18 points behind Will Brown, who will be his teammate next year at Red Bull Ampole Racing. Shane Van Gisbergen trying to win another championship on his way out of the supercars. Chaz Moster, the leading Ford driver. Three Ford drivers in the top 10 uh, of the standings. Possibility of... Uh, four uh, before the end of the season if will davison can get past bryce fullwood uh, he's only separated by uh, 17 points in that battle we'll see they've made some changes to surfers paradise the chicane one of the chicanes in regards to the tires stacks and to limit damage and such so we'll see what happens there um, missed field goal for Greg Joseph, so the Niners still have a chance. And not only do they have a chance, they have a chance to win it outright. Um with two with one eleven to go in the game. And uh Moto G or uh, World Superbike. Did he just turn it over again? Oh know no, he gives us the tip. Um yeah, so you know, the World Superbikes going in the last race of the season, last round of the season, um uh, Alvaro Bautista has a 60-point lead over Toprak Rascat, Leoku. Johnny Ray has a 50-point lead over Andrea Locatelli. And for third, Axel Bassani has got an 11-point lead over Michael Ruben Rinaldi. And uh, so that's okay. And, um, Danilo Petrucci is in seventh. Uh, Bautista looking to notch up another uh, World Superbike Championship there. Um, Toprak Razgatlioglu in his last round on a Yamaha before he moves on to BMW. Johnny Ray in his last round from Kawasaki before he moves over to Yamaha. So a lot of changes there. Axel Bassani is going to be taking over Johnny Ray's ride. So lots going on there in uh, World Superbikes here. A lot of lasts and stuff. Um, the NHRA Nevada Nationals, uh, Camping World Drag Racing Series. Well, uh, next to last race, uh, they're going to have points and a half at Pomona. So this is a huge uh, race to give yourself, uh, put yourself in uh, the mix. Leah Pruitt leads by four over Doug Coletta, 13 over. Uh, that's another turnover. Uh, uh, man. So there you go. Two two losses in a row. Um, oh, boy. So now we're getting a little bit RG bargy there. Um, yeah. So another amazing performance by the 49ers uh so now they've lost sedley. so my fantasy teams are doing good but the niners have now lost two games in a row and people are going to start questioning what they're how viable they really are when they're losing to such a shitty uh minnesota vikings team uh pruitt uh, by four over coletta 13 over steve Torrance, in top fuel in uh funny car now, Matt Hagen is 36 points out of Bob Tasca, 69 over Robert and 99 over Ron Kapps. Uh, Eric Enders is an 85-point lead on Greg Anderson, 93 on Dallas Glenn. In um, pro stock, Engage Gage Herrera, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Um, in terms of he's, he's got that championship locked up, uh, it's 23 points between Krawick and Hector Arana. Between second and fourth. Uh, Matt Smith in the middle of that. Lucas uh Drag racing series. And national top alcohol dragster standings. Um, we'll go and uh, just do the math here. Uh, guess, uh-huh. 75 points. But Julie Natas leads Tony Stewart. In the top alcohol dragster standings. So two more national events to run. Uh, sh- Julian Attis is going to get credit for both of those. And then um, Tony can um, only take credit for one of the two. And then in the divisional uh, races, both of them have one more divisional race to count in terms of their points. Um, Formula E preseason testing uh, coming up this week. So we'll uh, look into that, all the announcements, some of the car liveries um coming up as well uh we got uh um shanghai and hyderabad will be uh hosting uh formula e hyderabad uh did host uh it's of course in telegona and this so yeah so they'll bring back uh formula e for a second year shanghai for the first time will uh host formula e after it had been in beijing and then um you know, Tokyo, Japan will also host uh, races there. So, you know, the se- season will start in January in Mexico at uh, Hermanos Rodriguez. Then they'll race two races at Saudi and Saudi Arabia. One will be, uh, the first race will be on my birthday itself. Um, then Hyderabad, Sao Paulo, Brazil, then a month break. Then they go to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then Tokyo, two races in Italy in Monaco, and Monaco then the double header at the airport in Berlin. Shanghai will have a double header Portland at Portland international raceway uh, before, which is a month gap between Shanghai and Portland. And then uh, London will host a season finale Two further updates event. Jakarta will not go ahead. And then the second update is likely venue change for Italy. So we'll see what happens with that. So, then in terms of you got liveries, the Neo three 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 team will um, be known as ERT Formula E. Um, Andretti coming off of winning the drivers' championship with Jake Dennis, uh, the Andretti Global team will have a red, white, and blue uh, scheme. Pretty straightforward there, clean and crisp. As far as a new number, yeah, so. Uh Jake Dennis will race the number one on his car as well. Um Norman Nato race being a seventeen with the Frenchman being a tribute to his late competitor and friend Jules Bianchi. Oh, that's really um that's cool to see. Uh so the teammates there, uh ERT Formula One for Neo 333. Uh, uh the Uh Maserati's uh color uh livery. Maserati's livery doesn't uh, change a whole lot from uh, last year's. Uh, they'll have copper color accents, though, so that's the one major change. Um, then Neo McLaren will have a majority black or flatter black scheme with hints of the papaya uh, in the details. So there's that for the Neo M- McLaren team. I'm going to get all the, this is all the news, latest news, bring it up, uh, previews, and then Jaguar TCS Asymmetric Livery for them going on. Um, yeah, Maserati will have JN Daruvula racing for them, so they'll have an Indian driver on the grid a plus an Indian round, so that'll be great there. All right, last uh, but not least, uh, Indy Next, the uh, Chris Griffiths test that took place this past week. Uh saw Louis Foster um, get the lead to test results there uh, fastest time over Jacob Abel, Miles Rowe, who's graduating to uh, Indy Next in his first uh, run, uh, first test as, a, as a Indy Lights or Indy Next drivers, finishes third. Nolan Siegel returns. Kyle Collette comes from Formula 3. Uh, gets uh, fifth Reschool Christian Bogle Kalen Frederick who's also from Formula 3 um, uh, Tests out Finishes eighth Michael Orlando is coming from F, uh, USF 2000 uh, Battling Miles Rowe uh, Ends up ninth Bryce Aaron who's going to be racing For Andretti Global Along with Jamie Chadwick um, I don't know why the, she's listed as a rookie Still she was in the series last year, and so that's that I don't understand. But Yuvin Sundar Murthy uh, was 12. James Rowe, Callum Hedge, Josh Pearson, Jack William Miller, which I'm assuming is Jack, Dr. Jack Miller's son. Uh, he isn't as slow as his dad, I guess, so got to give him credit for that. Um, Jonathan Brown, Jace Denmark. I think he's been announced to have a ride next year. And Lindsey Brewer, was, uh a... Instagram influencer uh, rounded out the test. So those are, I mean, you have, you know, and Siegel, you have got right, Kyle Collette row. So it's, um, miles Rowe is going to be somebody to look at. It seems like, uh, things are being set up at AJ Foyt's team, uh, to where he's going to end up being in an AJ Foyt car as a satellite car, um, with Penske's support. Um yeah, Bryce Aaron, Oster, Chadwick, Nolan Siegel, Rowe, and Bogle. And then um yeah, so I mentioned your Reese Uh and then you have I uh, talked about uh, talked about Miles Run and U- Uvin Sunder Murthy. So that'll be uh one to look at. We'll be following Indy next, probably a little more closely next year on uh the GSP. All right, so that's all for the roundup. Let's preview the Mexico uh, Grand Prix of Mexico for Formula One. Uh, I mean, uh, in terms of picks here, um, I picked first, so you get first dibs, Josh, on uh, the Mexico Grand Prix. Um,
1: Are we seeing win number 16 for fish lips? Yep, I think so, 16th. 16th win here for uh, Verstappen. uh, And then I'm going to say second. Let's say Lando gets another podium on second and then third. uh, Yeah, I'll give it to Sergio Perez, you know, potentially announcing his final or not final, but that he's going to retire. So we'll give him a podium here uh, in his home, what could be his final home race. All right. Um,
0: for me, I'll go for Fish Lips, of course. Um, over, um, I'll pick instead of Lando, I'll pick uh, Lewis, and uh, in third, I will pick uh, Carlos Sainz. So we picked uh, different second and third place drivers there, but same winner. Um, we'll see what uh, because they're racing in altitude. If any of these upgrades that some of these teams brought are affected on um, power units are being pushed to the core because we're getting to the end of the season so there could be some more mechanical issues something to look at there um, with it being a regular weekend you're going to see some drivers making fp1 appearances uh, rookie drivers running that so that'll be uh, some different names we'll see in fp1 uh, this weekend Relative to the norm. Okay. Uh, in for the Xfinity series, the dead-on tools, 250, 40 drivers for 38 spots. And Blaine Perkins, these are the hour motorsports. Um, JJ Ily in the four for JD. Devin Jones in the zero 07 for SS Greenlight. Chad Fincham in the zero 08 for SS Greenlight. Um, let's see, Lane Riggs in the 11 for Colleague. Myatt Snyder in the 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing, Mozak in the 24, uh, Kyle Sieg in the 29, uh, Nobody Listened in the 35 for Emerlin Gase, Raff in the 38, um, Ryan Ellis, Rajak Ruth, Jeffrey Earnhardt, the Alpha Prime Drivers, and Akinori Ogata for our, in the 53 for Emerlin Gase, Timmy Hill in the MBM 66, uh, former guests on the show, Dawson Cram in the Harmon 74, Josh Balicki in the 91, and C.J. McLaughlin in the 28 for RSS Racing. So two cars will go home. Um, we'll look at the drivers that have to... You got those three drivers that, are, that have that three-point separation um, in the point standings. Oh, you got, what is it, uh, Custer and Hill. By three over Justin Algeyer. I I'm gonna go and I wanna pick Josh Barry. I really do because this is one of his best racetracks. Make a homer pick. But I think that Justin Allgyer goes and wins his way into the final four. Um you know, I can't spell Xfinity. Inity at Martinsville, uh Phil Algyre wins and locks into final four um and in terms of who's the driver that makes it in um John Hunter Nemechek makes it in of course um J.H.N. and Austin Hill end up advance with uh Mayer so no the two guys that have been the dominant figures over this entire season will end up racing for the championship all three guys really Um, Cole Custer has shown a little bit more strength here in this playoff It'll be more of what might have been for him in terms of a wild card choice for me this weekend. I will go with uh, I'll go with Parker Retzlaff. Why not? Um, it's been a pick. I think I've been making the pick with Paperboy uh, a lot this this year, and he's shown uh, to be a pretty a good shoe, it looks like, or it seems like the the rumors are he's going to be driving the two car next year. So it would be a big uh, step step to get into an RCR car, but he has the talent for sure. Uh, Josh, uh, what are you what are you thinking in regards to the Xfinity race
1: at Martinsville? I mean, yeah, that's a it would be you know something if Josh Berry were were to win, cap off his JRM career uh, in nascar uh you know winning where he's won at in late models and winning where he's won at uh in the first win in the xfinity series that kind of kicked off this run up to the cup series for him uh but uh, yeah i mean he just hasn't had the pace or the speed that he's needed this year to uh, be competitive uh, so it's just really hard to, to pick him here, even though I want, you know, I I would want to too, if like, you know, you, I know you said you want to, but I'd like to too, but I just don't think it's going to happen, uh, here. So, um, I'm, I'm going to pick, just say that John Hunter Nemechek goes out and, you know, wins this, this race here, um, uh, and locks himself in. Uh, to this final, you know, final round. Not that he needs any help or anything, but I think he just ends up being the guy on on Saturday that goes out and wins this race. So, um, wild card. Uh, let's see. Well, of the people that we can pick for a wild card, it gets the list gets bigger and bigger every week as we get down to the end of the year. Here with only a couple guys really eligible, but uh, something believable. Uh, here uh, um, I mean there's a lot a lot of You can go here with um, You know I, I'm struggling here with this but well, Let me see I almost want to pick Well Lane Riggs I mean he's making a start here In the Xfinity series this weekend And um, I mean I, I, I could go with him Because I mean he's a That's he's a, good really a good one It really is a good one Based on his background
0: A uh, former NASCAR, um, what do you call um The NASCAR National Series, uh, whatever, not um, Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series Champion. That is yeah. a good one.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Scott Riggs' son, right? Or, yep. That yeah. is his son. Okay. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and pick him as wild card. Uh, I always confused scott riggs and travis Quapple together for some reason and so i was like thinking like oh, wait a second carson Quapple is not racing this weekend but i was thinking him and lane riggs but um yeah so we'll go with lane riggs wild card um yeah i'm gonna say uh for the final four advancing john hunter with Mayer, uh algar advances and uh austin hill so i think that's a pretty solid i think cole custer doesn't make it in so and unmute yourself we both eliminate cole custer
0: there thank you for that i thought i was unmuted but my fault um and um yeah i mean it's uh it, the it's not that stewart haas doesn't have pace or possibility of pace but i think it's just a case of when you have the joe gibbs racing team and you have all the energy with rcr even though boston hill has not been as good at this point of the season. Um, you also have um, you have Allgaier who's great on short short tracks Uh, it's I think there's a lot too much going on uh, to go that's going against Custer but I mean the last two weeks Riley Herbst does look like a freaking hero so who knows the uh, cup series will race the Xfinity 500 Um, at Martinsville 36 for 36 Uh, entry list there Um, Ross Chastain will be racing the Moose uh, fraternity number one Uh, should be a throwback to the Hale Melon, but they won't do that Um, Gumby with Menards and Richmond water heaters Bass Pro for Bald Spot Dillon Hunt Brothers Pizza for Kevin Harvick um, Brad Keselowski with Kings Hawaiian, Corey at Gainbridge, BetMGM MGM for Kyle Bush, Napa for William Clyde Elliott II, Brad um, X for Hamlin, Discount Tire for Blaney, Mahindra for Chase Briscoe, Action Industries for AJ Almeninger, Nexlital Nex for Christopher Busher, Auto Owner's Insurance for Truex, Interstate Batteries on Chris Bell's car. Um, Motocraft Quick Lane for Harrison Burton. Um, Xfinity for Bubba Wallace. Pods for Byron. Leaf Filter for Justin Haley. Stagefront.VIP for Michael McDowell. Quincy Compressor for Todd Gilliland, United Reynolds for Ryan Priest. Uh, qualified on pole in the spring there and led the first 130 something laps of that race. Haro Savar back in the 42 for Legacy. Uh, no sponsors listed for Eric Jones or Tyler Reddick, JJ Haley. Oh Richard will have Reese's on. Uh yeah. Um t- Uh uh Yeah, Reese's for Oh Richard, Ally, yeah, Ally, uh um, Jacob for No Neck, Monster Energy back on for Gibbs, Ferris Commercial Mowers for Ty Dillon, uh, no sponsor listed for BJ McLaud. And then Suarez jockey outdoors by Luke Bryan, who is definitely not an outdoorsy type. Um, all right, so hey, we uh, too many too many things open. Uh, Josh, you get first picks, first dibs on uh, the Cup Series event. Uh, who wins? Who's your wild card? And who will be the final four going to uh, Phoenix?
1: Yeah, I mean there's a. Little- a lot of interesting choices here that uh, could happen, uh, but you know I'm, I'm going to go with you know I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney winning this weekend to lock himself in uh, to the playoffs. Uh, I think you know somehow they're going to make it into the championship four, and they finished second last year in Phoenix, and um, you know he's a good short track guy. I think if you know they bring the right car for him, you know he'll he'll be able to win uh, the race here on Sunday. So picking Ryan Blaney to make it into the championship four, Uh wild card, uh, wild card, you know, i go with, uh, your boy, Chase Briscoe, who, uh, had a good finish here in this race a year ago. So go with him as my wild card. So all four wild card, uh, and then the final four, uh, I mean, it's going to be, uh, larson bell Blaney qualifying his way in and then byron locking himself in on points having you know 30 points to start with so uh yeah sorry to Denny hamlin uh who probably committed some action detrimental on um, this race on sunday um true well yeah door will shut on him uh reddick try again next year and chris busher had a good try so um yeah that's going to be the final four i think
0: yeah i i i would agree i think that's a pretty good shot there um i mean blaney did a lot here has done a lot here in the last few weeks to put himself in the mix it's not the he's had speed at times that hasn't been all year but he's been the most consistent penske driver it's why he's still in this spot um logano is been great there over the years and this is the moment this is the time where can ryan blaney make that next step in his career and in a year where ford has been really bad um come out possibly go out and win the last two races of the season i mean and and win a championship it would be huge uh and it would take it away from hendrick motorsports and gibbs who have dominated most of the season uh for me I am going to pick, and this is... I've been picking Tyler Reddick for a while, but I'm not picking him this weekend. Uh, You already picked Ryan Blaney. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with William Byron. Uh, William Byron gets the victories. One at Martinsville before. um, Wins and locks into Final Four. And then uh, Blaney... Gets in on points with with uh, Byron, Bell, and Larson. So that's the one difference. We swap uh, our win picks and, and drivers who make it in uh, via points. Uh, the wild card selection for me, seen um, there we go, 31, yeah, 31 drivers. So yeah, so after that, wild card, I mean you pick briscoe I'll go with Priest, why not? Uh wild card Ryan Priest for me. Uh as I mentioned, qualified on pole earlier this year. All the Stewart-Oscars were fast in the spring race at Martinsville. Uh it's very hard to pass with this car on short tracks. So if they put a great qualifying together, you never know um uh if it'll be similar uh but it, if for people who are Stuart os fans you kind of gotta hope for it because it's been a god-awful year in general all right so let's move uh on to uh, the sim segment josh let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and uh and in other gaming Segments other with uh, console games or announcing some console games and stuff. So, uh, give us all the details and the rundown, yeah. Of course,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, on iRacing side, um, I mean, this week on iRacing, got a we'll start off from the top alphabetical order, uh, Arca Menard series, the Arca cars at Sakuba Circuit. So, actually racing on a road course, not in America. So, that's an interesting choice there. That's a good little road course, um, that uh usually in the lower series and i racing roadside like the Miatas and the formula Fords race on that's actually a pretty fun track that's on Grand Turismo from back in the day so that's a good circuit. Um Draftmaster series that I've been racing in that's in Talladega in the trucks. Uh so probably avoid that one because the trucks are honestly just garbage in i racing. Uh uh obviously NASCAR open fixed uh Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks all are at uh, Martinsville this week. Um, and the Modifieds also at uh, Modified Tour also at Martinsville as well for all the series. Uh, IR18, Delara IR18, the IndyCar fixed at uh, Nashville Super Speedway this week. Uh, Gen 4 at IRP this week. Uh, you've got um, let see the other series, I think 87's uh, at Talladega Super Speedway this week, so it's always fun as well. The Formula V's at VIR. Uh, Formula 4 at Watkins Glen. GT3 Ferrari at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. IMSA fixed iRacing series uh, at Sebring. Uh, the Touring Car Challenge at Laguna Seca. The Mustang Skip Barber Challenge at uh, Spa Stoffel Brazil at Hockenheimring. Uh, you've got the oh yeah the Formula Fords at Summit Point Raceway. Formula B at Silverstone. Uh, the MX5s Mazda MX5s at rudd Reds- Motor Center. Uh, Open Wheel D USF2000 at Willow Springs International Raceway. LMP2s also at Sebring. Um, Open Wheel yeah IndyCar Open Wheel B at Road America. Or Road to Atlanta, sorry, uh, the rookie Formula Fords at VIR, uh, the Toyota GR Cup at uh, Willow Springs Raceway International Raceway, uh, Formula C Delara, Formula C at uh, v- VIR Virginia International Raceway, uh, Production Car Challenge at Sin- Silverstone, uh, the uh, Formula B at Suzuka uh let's see where's formula one here their formula one series where is that at uh open wheel c at yeah willow springs international raceway like i said oh yeah and the formula a to the grand prix series uh fixed series at road america so uh, i guess i racing simulating what f1 might look like at road america that might actually be interesting uh to race and if you're eligible in that so that should be interesting there uh so yeah uh, definitely uh, a lot, a lot of choices here on iRacing and the road and oval side. Uh, of course, you know they are beginning to mount uh, their momentum on uh, the NASCAR console game in twenty twenty five. So, uh, haven't heard any more news on that. Uh, I can look though real quick. Um, I don't think there's any any more announcements. Obviously, it's still very far away, but you know, looking for uh that get that game to come out soon sooner rather than later so hopefully it ends up being a good game uh i think Forza came out on Xbox but i'm not an Xbox guy so i don't really care about Forza or on Windows so i think that came out as well so um looking looking for that uh i may i may try to get um, the World of Outlaws dirt racing game just to get an understanding of what iRacing might bring to the consoles with uh, NASCAR I've heard that's a very good game Uh, so looking to potentially maybe get that game soon maybe and download that on PlayStation just to you know see what it's like uh, what we might expect from iRacing so I've never played but I've heard it's a good game so we'll, we'll see but yeah I think that's what I'll be doing here on iRacing probably doing some Martinsville and the Xfinity car uh, 87 car, uh, Talladega, and then something on the roadside, maybe, uh, the GR cup or something like that. Um, one of the road cars that I'm actually, uh, comfortable in and, uh, good at, uh, competing in, uh, competitively. So we'll be looking for that. Um, and as always, if I do decide to stream, of course, uh, that'll be on Twitch TV slash usailor sailor and go and watch all my stuff there, which I'll, you know, try if I decide to, I'll, post a link to that and let everybody know um, if I'm streaming or not. So that'll be where that is. Uh, probably if I do decide to stream the um, truck series, uh, the uh, Talladega uh, draft master series, uh, definitely try to do that one. Maybe once, uh, maybe we'll avoid another wreck like I have been in the last couple of attempts in that series. So we'll see. Uh, but looking, looking forward to getting on that racing at some point this week. Um, course twitter been chirping on there kind of lately um of course uh talking about um uh, you know dale jr at homestead uh you know talked about uh, lots of other things trevor lawrence clapping back at the media uh for how they're talking about him and the jags uh this past week um you know just talking about you know what we we're doing at homestead and all that stuff and um you know how, how Things have been happening for, uh, you know, the Jaguars and all that stuff. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter, JP Huffine. where I'll have all my stuff. that You can see, obviously, passionate and takes about, uh, you know, NASCAR and, uh, Jaguars and everything else. So go on there, follow me. And of course, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, Gripshire Podcast, where we'll have uh, everything, uh, uploaded there, uh, shortly after this recording or later this week. So, um, yeah, go in there subscribe to our channel follow us and uh you know interact with our content there so um yeah always glad to be back here another week and you know glad to be able to talk it about it with you and of course uh you know glad glad to be able to have friends like joe to meet at the track and uh be able to um have uh you know discussion about this and um have uh you know fun and everything so glad to have you know friends that you can see at the track and everything so uh glad for all that so you know turn it over to you for the rest of the close.
0: absolutely man um i was talking about it on on sunday because i was enjoying the race i'm like i really want to visit uh homestead at some point because it just looks like a cool racetrack and it's just great racing and all that and if it's like pocono i love pocono so it so i would probably really enjoy going to homestead too maybe one day maybe next year we'll see um uh, you can find and of course wouldn't want to do it anyone else it's our show it's we built this up for now we're on four years and nearly 200 episodes so wouldn't have been able to do it without you, brother um it's always great to talk of all talk shop on monday nights about motorsports uh gonna keep on going with it for as long as we can honestly um you can find me at Matthew 28 on Twitter X. You can find us at Pod on Twitter X, trying to figure out how to get our show posted on there. And also on Facebook, um, Philip G. Matthew or whatever. Uh, and I uh, probably have to look at Instagram. Maybe I don't think they do that, but uh, Philip G. Matthew on, on Facebook and find or supposedly to get the show over there. Definitely check out the YouTube channel uh for the show um philipgmatthew.com is basically the easiest place to go and um access our show outside of Podbean which is our host site um you can get every episode when it's uploaded um there and um yeah that's uh pretty much it so with uh with that um we'll be back uh, next week episode 193 of the Gripstrip Strip podcast talking about all the things that happened at Martinsville, talking about the Mexico, Grand Prix of Mexico, and anything else that's going on in the world of motorsports as the Texas Rangers advance to the World Series and knock off the freaking Houston assholes. Thank the Lord. Um, For Josh, I'm Phil. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, supporting, and subscribing to the GSP, and we'll see you next week.